Welcome to Quaker Faith and Podcast, where we will explore traditional Quaker beliefs and the variety of Quaker beliefs found today. Welcome back to Quaker Faith and Podcast. These are your hosts, Mackenzie and Micah. And today we are looking at section 3B in the traditional Quaker Christianity book. Um, this has three sections. They are about, or there are three parts to this section. They are inward states, dryness, and the daily cross. And each one has a quote from George Fox. So we're just going to start right off with this great quote from George Fox. It's a little long, uh, but be patient. It says, And I saw the state of those, both priests and people, who, in reading the scriptures, cry out much against Cain, Esau, and Judas, and other wicked men of former times mentioned in the holy scriptures, but do not see the nature of Cain, of Esau, and of Judas, and those others in themselves. And these said it was they, they, they who were the bad people, putting it off from themselves. But when some of these came with the light and spirit of truth to see themselves, then they came to say, I, 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 it is I myself that has been the Ishmael and the Esau, etc. For then they came to see the nature of wild Ishmael in themselves, the nature of Cain, of Esau, of Korah, of Balaam, and of the son of perdition in themselves, sitting above all that is called God in them. This is, this is pretty cool. Uh, George Fox uh, here is, is doing something that uh, that is is probably not unique to Quakers, but it certainly was was uh, a mark of a mark of early Quakerism, which was taking the scriptures and saying uh, these stories are not just stories about other people. They're not just stories about things that happened in the past, but they're actually they can also be read on the level of allegory of being about us, and we can we can encounter ourselves in the text. And so when we read about you know Ishmael and Esau and all these other characters, uh, we can see we can see our own uh, struggles and weaknesses in them. Uh, we can see the way God intervenes in history in our own in our own lives. And it's not just a story about other people, but it becomes a story about our lives and our experience and uh, an invitation to learn from the lessons of of these people in the past and, and see them being applicable to us right now. Right, and I mean that's that's definitely a thing on when you're uh, reading through the Bible, where you'll come across things where, I mean, we talked last time about you know feeling convicted about things, and and that's certainly what he's talking about here is that feeling of conviction. Um, you know, uh, I was talking to our friend Adria recently about um, giving in in church, right, um, donations, and um, about. Uh, whether it is right or wrong to say, well, wait until you get out of debt before you start giving at all, or whether you should start giving a little before, you know, a little bit, even even when you're still struggling yourself just to get the habit. And, you know, that makes me think of um, the story of the widow with two mites, who she um, doesn't have much, but she gives what she can. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, an interesting story. I've, I've heard, not to get too far off topic, but I've heard an alternative reading of that story that I find compelling. Which is that Jesus tells that story of the widow, the widow's mite, um, in the midst of uh, basically condemning the injustice of the temple system, uh, and that that actually the story was about the temple exploiting the poor um, and taking away the little they had to live on to meet hmm. religious requirements. So, but I mean, that's definitely that's 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 sort of a, an alternative reading of it. I think the other reading is much more popular and has a lot of value to it too. Right. Well, where he's condemning the he's actually condemning the other guy for. Um, yeah. only for, for being showy about his giving and, but he's doing it out of 
uh, he's not making any self actual self sacrifice mm -hmm. involved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. But I, I, but, I, but I but I think I think that um, in terms of the inward inward states that sort of the the, the title that the, the the book we're reading out of gives for this quote is the inward states and for for the early Quaker movement it wasn't enough uh, to know facts about God mm -hmm. or to know facts you know to to know you know if you if you could memorize and many people did if you could memorize the biblical stories and recite them back um, that wasn't enough uh, and that wasn't really the point of the scriptures the point. Uh, for the early friends was to find uh, the experience or the inward condition or the spiritual life that was exhibited by those stories and to identify it in yourself. And so um, uh, the Bible in that way uh, is almost sort of a, a, a training uh, for learning about uh, how God interacts with us so that we can identify it when we experience it. It's very different what Fox is saying here than what um, you often hear um, at least in liberal friends, I imagine probably less so in some other branches of um, the idea that, well, you know, we're all basically good. We're all good people. Mm -hmm. um, because Fox is saying, no, we actually all need to recognize that we're not all good people, that there are dark dark parts in us that we need to work on. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty contrary to a lot of what, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of folks in a variety of circles today hold, which is that humans are basically good, but there are some problems. Um, for early Quakers and for the Puritans and for most of the Christians running around at that time, um, it wasn't so much that humans were basically good as that humans were basically bad, but through the power of God, we had, we had the potential to be truly good. Mm -hmm. Which would be the I think we've talked before about perfection and holiness, so right. that falls into that. Yeah. So, so I mean, good the goodness of people, the ability for people to, to do right and to be righteous is more of a miracle uh, in the understanding of, of most Christians at that time, including the early Quakers, because uh, all these groups recognize that human beings are so deep into sin and so separated from God that only a truly uh, miraculous intervention by God could overcome that. And for the Quakers, they were very radical about this, saying that, like, uh, not, only, uh, not only can God overcome this, but God does overcome it not through religious rituals or specific teachings or specific structures that are set up by the state, but instead by the direct action of, Holy Spirit, of the Holy Spirit in people's lives and in communities. So that was, that was really radical. Not, the, the, radical the radical message of Quakers wasn't, people are basically good, so don't worry. The radical message was people are basically broken, sinful, lost, and dead. But Jesus is here to teach us Himself, and we can over and, and through Him we can overcome this. And there's nothing standing in the way except our own willingness to, to listen and obey. Mm -hmm. um, so the the next quote we have from Fox in here um, about dryness says, "And the next day I passed to Cleveland amongst those people that had tasted the power of God, but were all shattered to pieces, and the heads of them, some of their leaders, had turned ranters." Now, they had had great meetings, so I told them after that they had had such meetings. They did not wait upon God to feel his power, to gather their minds together, to feel his presence and power, and therein to sit to wait upon him. For they had spoken themselves dry, and had spent their portions, and not lived in that which they spake, and now they were dry. This is a really interesting passage, and for some reason, um, the first thing I think about when I, when I hear this passage is, uh, I think of uh, college students in philosophy class. Uh, or, or you know, you know teenager, teenagers doing philosophy. I don't know if you've ever uh, you've ever heard college students talking about philosophy. No, I went to engineering school. Yeah, well, uh, it's I mean, it maybe it's similar in engineering school too. But 
really college students talking about anything. Uh, uh, there, there's a certain, there's a certain uh, back and forth where the ideas are very fascinating and people are having a great time hearing themselves talk uh, and feeling smart, but the reality is there's very little life experience behind it mm. and very little understanding of what they're actually talking about in reality. Um, and so I feel like I feel like maybe that's something that Fox was talking about here was people who were very very excited about ideas, but in reality hadn't really experienced or lived out the things they were talking about. And so eventually there's not much more to talk about because you aren't living it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think I think that's that's an interesting that's an interesting use of dryness by Fox. Um, and I think it's contrasted to. I think- politics would probably also be a realm where you run into that a lot where lots of uh philosophy like lots of theory 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 but not Mm -hmm. having a lot of experience with whatever the practice would be i think that's right and i i I think this is really interesting that that fox fox uh and talks about dryness as um a sort of an absence and a negativity which i guess it is but there, there are other Christian, there are other Christian writers who talk about dryness as being um, not so much something that happens when you've done something wrong, but as some, but as sort of a purgation that happens over, you know, that happens at certain times for no apparent reason, um, spiritual dryness and 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 doubt and wandering that happens uh, in a time of sort of purification by God. And I feel like we've talked about that in previous episodes of. Um, sort of the purification that can happen in darkness and doubt and, and, and seeking. Um, and so I just find that interesting that, like, in this particular passage for Fox, dryness is what happens when uh, you're, not, you're not living what you're preaching. And so the power uh, that would come from actually living the message isn't there. And so you can talk, talk, talk about it all day long, but it's, it's not really relevant to life. When I kind of wonder if there's actually, if this is like two different kinds of dryness, though, like the the long dark night of the soul that um, Mother Teresa talked about with the doubt and all of that mm-hmm. being a little bit different from, you know, cause he's, he's saying that they'd spoken themselves dry. And so that's actually kind of making me think of like, if a, if you get to the point where a pastor has to start recycling sermons, mm-hmm. um, just, you know, ran out of things to say, but, you know, still need to say more stuff. So grab this one from five years ago and give it again. Yeah. I mean, as someone who as someone who gives sermons, uh, it, it it would definitely be easy to fall into that. Uh, there there are sometimes when I'm called to give a sermon that I don't feel particularly particularly inspired. Um, but fortunately, the Bible is really interesting. It, it's usually it's usually possible when you when you sit and read the scripture and ponder it. It's usually possible to to come up with something. I think I think the uh, I think the situations he was running into is uh, he was running into uh, communities of religious revival which were you know not just religious in today's understanding but also political Mm -hmm. and so like you can think of it as being political discussion too um and so these were folks who were talking about important issues of the day which were expressed in religious terms Mm -hmm. um as you know religion and politics were intermingled at that time more than they are today uh in in the united states um but he's he's coming to communities where it's all it's all sort of theoretical um and it's more of a head game well, and there's there's also a point, I think sometimes um, because you can get, you can certainly get to where you have echo chambers. So you can get to the point where you've all said your thing, and now you're staring at each other, going, "Okay, so so we all agree. Uh, now what?" Yeah, and I mean, like, I'll, I'll be honest. I think uh, I've experienced this. I've experienced this myself in terms of. Uh, 
for example, I think that I and 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 the people sort of in my in my Christian immediate Christian circles that I run in, like I think we all agree that um, Jesus calls us to abandon all to follow Him. But the honest truth is, none of us have actually abandoned all to follow Him. And so figuring out like, so what do we do now? Because we're we're not quite ready to abandon all. Uh, you know, yeah, to, to, we both have mortgages. Yeah, right. So <laughs> I mean, and and, and you know. Uh, yeah, so it's a very hard, as, as the disciples, as Jesus' disciples said to Jesus, it's a very hard saying. Um, so uh, I think, I think there's, a, there's, a, there's a challenge there of, of the early Quakers is um, when you realize what the truth is, you're called to share it with others. And when you're called to share it with others, you must be living it for it to be meaningful. And so that's, I think that's the great challenge for those of us who have discovered the truth, even as we struggle with it, is we can't really share it without living it. Okay. Um, so we'll just move on to the third quote, much shorter. Which is on the Daily Cross. Yes, the Daily Cross, uh, which could practically be its own section, I'm sure. But <laughs> that one says, Therefore keep in the Daily Cross the power of God, by which ye may witness... All that to be crucified, which is contrary to the will of God, and which shall not come into his kingdom. That's kind of a convoluted sentence. Yes, it is. And, uh, you know... Uh, what y'all didn't hear is we tried to read it three times. Yeah, Mackenzie had to give a few, go- a few goes <laughs> at it before we could read it properly. And, um, but I, what I understand Fox saying here is that um, every day we have to be evaluating... Um, what is alive in us, what is present in our lives that is contrary to God's will, and be willing to see that crucified or laid down or, or, or uh, removed from our lives. Um, and that's, that's pretty hard to be, to be looking at your life every day and saying, um, what's present here that God doesn't want to be present, including uh, sort of habits that I've accumulated and aspects of my personality that become twisted and things like that. Um, Or maybe hobbies. Yeah. Um, I just think about, I think about how frustrated I got this afternoon uh, when I was, I was super, I was super hungry and I have blood sugar issues, but like I was super hungry waiting for, waiting for the salad and the salad was late and everyone else was eating and I was frustrated and they brought the salad and it was completely wrong. And I, and I, like I wasn't, I wasn't rude. I wasn't rude to the wait to the waiter, but like I was super, super frustrated and ticked off. And like everyone else at the table knew I was, I was ticked. And I just like it was all understandable, but at the same time, it was revealed to me something that needed to be crucified was you know my own impatience and and uh, uh, inability to handle those kind of disruptions in my life. Uh, disruptions around food are really hard for me. Uh, angry. Yeah, I get, I get, I get super, super hangry. Uh, but so, but, but that's just an example for uh, you know a, a simple example from today of like seeing something in my life that needs to be crucified that's contrary to the will of God. This was a very short section of the book, so we're gonna end there. Um, something we didn't mention in the last episode, I don't think maybe we did. Well, I know we said it on Twitter. Is that episodes twelve through twenty one are being declared season two of the podcast? Uh, twelve through twenty one cover the entirety of the inward life section section three in the book and um so uh that includes things like um communion and baptism which we consider more inward in a way that is very different than pretty much every other denomination except the salvation army and i'm just gonna leave off with a query for all of you out there uh what in your daily life have you found it necessary to 
uh, give up in order to do better. Um, you can find us on the web at quakerpodcast.org, on Twitter as Quaker Faith, on Facebook, and on iTunes. 